creatives welcome to the unpublished podcast my name is amy i'm james and today we're going to talk about our most controversial opinions and thoughts yeah i mean and unpack them and obviously i mean james has already vetoed a few of mine well they're just so bigoted (laughs) (laughs) i'm joking i'm joking um it's also a bit of a cop out it's not really like I don't feel like we have any super controversial opinions. It, it's, it's small things. And it so is. if you're coming here expecting us to be like, I don't know, what's the worst <laughs> thing you can think of? I don't, I don't want to say anything. But just, you know, this isn't the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so if suddenly we're like the Ben Shapiro show. No, that's not going to happen. It ain't going to happen. Uh, yeah. All right. Do you want to start off, James? Oh, do you want to have a little catch up first and okay. tell the creatives what we're up to at the moment? kind of the same as last week tbh yeah have i told everyone that i've abandoned my third book no well i haven't abandoned it i got to i finished the first draft 95 percent, and i've decided that i would the same characters the same world the same setting i would rather write the the backstory i have for all of them if i actually think thought it was more interesting than the current story happening in the novel so, but you're going to, it's going to be, it's just the prequel, right? Or it's basically the prequel, but it will become book one. Book one. And then the second draft. You, so you've written book, book two first. Essentially. But, you know, in the timeline, it's probably going to be like book three or something. Whoa. Maybe. That's I a, don't know. I don't know. How it's and you've work. never written any trilogies or anything other than a standalone before. So no. it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. How are you feeling about it? It's good. I'm enjoying it because I'm, I'm in the planning phase and I really enjoy that. How did you know that when you chose to do this, it wasn't a cop out? It was a good decision. Um, I asked people what they thought, and mm. I, you know, I think for starters, I pretty, I finished that other project pretty much the first draft. So yeah, so you, I was you've done happy the, with the it. Work, yeah, I'm happy with the fact that I had done the work and I hadn't just abandoned ship. Mm-hmm. Um, it's related, mm-hmm. and it it's really, it's. I don't know. The, it's energizing me in a way that feels not just like a um, sugar hit. Yeah. Like a, there's a sustainability in the energy yes. it gives you. Yeah. And, and because I think it's in the same story, like it's not, it's it, a continuation of the same story. So it isn't a complete jump ship. Mm, yeah. I think it's always hard to draw the line in terms of, especially when it comes to quitting projects or moving on to a different project. Like what, um, what is you copping out on what is you actually needing to move on? And we've got an episode on quitting. Yeah. So it is always hard to tell that. And I think just like sitting with yourself and I think talking to other people is a good idea too. And I think, you know, you've got to think, am I finishing any projects? Is yes. It, you know, you've got to kind Do of- Do I have an inability like to finish to earn, a project? You've got to earn the right- To quit. Really, to quit kind of by, by proving to yourself. Because you've got to prove to yourself you can finish things. Yeah. So you're not in a pattern. So that in the future, you know you can finish things as well. I agree. And for chronic quitters and people who uh, have the, oh my God, this new project seems so much better than this project syndrome. Um, I think it's important to, even if you're really not resonating with mm. a project, to finish it, just to remind yourself that you can finish things. I also think I, I knew when, when my notes file for the backstory of this book, it was became more like a plot structure and it grew and grew and grew until that notes file was bigger than my notes file for my current book. Because mm. usually I'm like, oh, I think of an idea and I'll put it in my notes file and I'll come back to it later and I have, you know, hundreds of one paragraph notes on different book ideas. Mm. Whereas this one was like pages and pages and pages. Yeah, really interesting. And I was, you know, research, you know, the research, I was getting really into the research and mm. yeah. They're all good signs. Mm. I think you've made the right choice. And also yeah. the excitement in which you told me about this, it was like a real... It didn't as you said it wasn't like a sugar high it wasn't like oh i've got to get away from this current project because it's just doing my head in it mm. was like i'm super excited about this other thing yeah exactly cool 
Cool. Um, I am, as always, working on Jack, my next novel, which I'm, I'm really enjoying. I'm on draft two of her, probably halfway through. And also trying to edit like the last-ish draft of Maud, which is not great. I'm not spending a lot of time on it and I'm pretty confused as to what I'm doing there. What confused you, right, was that your editor was like, yeah, it's pretty much finished. And you were like, what? Yeah. I'm that so was not happy with it. Disorientating to have someone. I thought she needed multiple more drafts and she was like, I think this is it. You're nearly done. And that shocked me. But also um, in my meeting with my editor, who I absolutely love and I really appreciate and respect her um, ideas, she was like, why don't you for this book really push into the anachronistic language? James, the way you put that microphone now, look, you can't see my face. Oh, it's about your face. Sorry, it's just only because you weren't speaking into it. So your voice was like a little bit, I don't know. What about this now? Carry on. Yeah, much better. Um, So we're leaning into the anachronism of the language. So pushing it even further. And it feels, I don't know what to do almost. Like she wants it to be kind of like, what's a good example? Like, um, what was that? The great on. Yeah, the great, like really anachronistic language in old world um, spaces. Uh, the Taika Waititi show that we just watched. Our flag means death. Yeah. Um, and whilst I, I, you know, I watch a lot of uh, film and TV that, that chooses to play with anachronism in historical contexts, and I love it. I've never read a book that does it before. And I'm really struggling to see how I can push this book that I already know so well. I already written, you know, it was written years ago. I'm just really struggling. The end. The end. I decided the other day that maybe I should listen to like um, what's that Heath Ledger movie that I love? Knight's Tale. A Knight's Tale soundtrack as I do it because I love I love how anachronistic that movie is. Mm. Like listen to modern music as I write. Maybe. Yeah, that's a good idea. I like that a lot. Yeah, it's really clever. Mm. I'm also at the stage of the draft where I'm like so bored. Oh my gosh! By the time you've read your own book several times, you're like several. fucking hell. Like, this is could like anything the million, be more boring? Time I've read this fucking book. But it's because you just know exactly what's going to happen. Like oh surprise. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Boo. Boo. All right. Speaking of boring books. Controversial opinion. The first controversial opinion is that you don't have to finish every book you start. Are we talking about reading or writing here? No, sorry, reading. Ooh. You start. You don't have to finish every book you start reading or every film or TV series you start watching. I think people, um, and I'm just coming around to this because I used to be someone who like gritted through and finished stuff a bit more mm. out of duty. But I'm really, I, I've got, I was just saying to Amy today, I've got, maybe five or six books in my Audible library, all at half finished, and I just cannot bring myself to finish them. And I'm like, I'm just going to have to let go. Mm, I agree. This is something that I agree with. I have, I chose to stop a book the other day, which was interesting. And, you know, it can feel just a little bit like, like I'm trying to do four books a month at the moment, mostly on Audible. Um, And I was like, fuck, I've already just, I've invested time into this book, but it was so not resonating. Mm. And it bored me. And also I was just like, oh man and i had the writer's lens on like in my opinion i didn't like the way it was written and i couldn't stop thinking about how strangely structured it was and how much i wasn't resonating and i was just like i just need to stop and i did and i felt better and i gave time to another book that i really loved Mm. um what's the last book that you dnf'd i think i'm thinking about i want to dnf this devil in the dark water book that you oh you fought your way through you should dnf that book yeah i I really didn't like it the thing is, there are th- there are many things I like about it, and I think that the writer is really great, talented, and many, talented in great mm. many ways. But just this, I don't know. This, I'm not feeling the setting. I'm not feeling attached to many characters. Like the characters all just seem a little bit um, 
blending into one to me. That that was a problem. I reckon it would have, we're both listening to it or I listened to it. It would be a better read, writ- or a read yeah, rather I agree. than listen. Yes. There were too many characters and they all seemed vaguely the same. And I think, you know, I'm a fantasy reader, so that doesn't really bother me. But because it's all set in one location on this boat, you know, usually in fantasy, it's like, yes, there are 200 characters, but these people are over here in this place. And these people are over here in this place. So the context kind of helps you remember who they were and what, what they're doing there. Yeah. Yeah. I would DNF that. Do you want me to tell me who does it? Tell you off podcast. Tell me off podcast, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I agree with that. And I think people who get really committed to finishing books, I think, are often perfectionists. Mm. Um, and they don't like the idea of of committing. What if it, and also, like, the what if. What if I'm giving out before it gets amazing as well? And also, sunk cost fallacy. Like, yes. the time is gone anyway. Like, mm. you, are you going to... You're going to keep investing your precious time into this, or are you going to redirect that resource? I mean, you can um, you can see the theme of these questions is like I don't think this is a very controversial opinion, but probably to some people it would be controversial. Mm. Okay, this one might be more controversial. I reckon. <laughs> Do you agree with it? Yeah, of course I agree with it. So, I don't think you have. There's no point cleaning your house beyond the eighty percent mark. There's no point living in a one hundred percent clean house, like. It's just wasted effort because as soon as you're f- finished with the cleaning, it goes slides back down to 80%, basically almost immediately. Whereas I feel like it doesn't go from 80% to 70% as quickly as it goes from 100% to 80%. So the other day I was out um, with my sister who is, how do you describe her? Someone who must have her house 100% clean at all times. Yeah. And that extends to the rest of her life. Kirsty, And we were talking about a family member's house and she was like oh her house is so dirty and I was like what she was like yeah her house is dirty and I was like what do you mean like I just was like what and then I was like do you think my house is dirty and she was like yeah yeah I mean (laughs) and I was like oh my god honestly like I was shocked into silence like I was like couldn't believe it Mm. and it's so weird how like people have these different standards and she was like she was like a lot of the times yeah and she was like sometimes it's clean I was like, oh my God. I mean, I'm just looking now, you know, there's a, there's an old, there's a mask on the floor over there, just sitting on the floor. Oh my God, don't, don't drop us in. A couple of tissues. No, there's not. Not tissues. So they're like receipts on the ground. Not, not tissues. Sorry. We would never be that gross, but you know, the desk is a bit cluttered. We live in a small space and we're creative. Photo weed on this couch a million times. You did wash it the other day. But would it. that have really cleaned it? You know, like would it have done everything? James, now we seem like filth monsters. <laughs> It's true. It's true. Creatives. We're, we're creative. You know, it's like we want, you know, we'll clean the shower, but not the shower door that much. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, give it a scrub, but don't, you know, the, the, the glass looks splotchy. It is very splotchy. It's the aesthetic. I thought we don't care so much about the aesthetics as long as we feel like the bacteria is gone. That's you. That's not me. Yeah. I do care about yeah. the aesthetics. I like things to look pretty, but cluttered can be pretty. Hmm. Also, I'm the mess maker and you're the mess fixer. I am. Which is yeah. a, it's just interesting. Yeah. I wouldn't have predicted that. I, what happens to me is I get... I'm happy... I, I let, I'm happy for the house to sit at 79.9% dirty. Mm. And then as, as soon as it ticks over, I'm like, oh my... It's like if Amy ever leaves and go, you know, is away for a couple of weeks, I will let it get to 79.9% and stay... But the second it crocks over to 80 or 81%, I'm like, I must clean the house. But I'm okay with the 79%, 100%. That was so confusing. Sorry, a lot of percentages. I, think, right. I, I think I overuse percentages in my life. Yeah, controversial. 99% of the time I overuse percentages. 
All right. Do you know what I reckon's happened? I reckon our um, Scarlet, I reckon we're louder than we think we are today. It looks very loud, doesn't yeah. it? All right, Jamesy. All right, the next one is... Um, you don't need a five-year plan or even a one-year plan. Um, I was on a podcast yesterday. And it was really fun. And um, she asked me what my like long-term goals were. And I was like, mm, me no, no. <laughs> yeah. I guess I'm going to Europe. I know what I'm doing this year. Mm-hmm. Don't know what next year looks like. And it doesn't... I'm not someone who's ever been particularly bothered by that. I th- yeah. I'm, I'm cool with winging it. But I do like to know what's happening tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, I can see, I feel like maybe my, my head tells me like, well, what about, I think maybe things like saving for retirement and stuff that you should, you should be putting, you could put a bit of money, you can put a money aside for that, you know, mm. in just super, I guess in America, you call it the 401k. Like that's different. I'm not saying like, don't have any plans for the future. It's just like, I don't want, I don't want to live a life where I have specific, very goals. specific career life goals mm. for five years. Mm. Um, I'd rather be able to adapt to change. And I know that can be really stressful and I don't think there's anything wrong with having vision for what you want life to be like and and thinking about that and building a routine that you like, but then going, you know, I want this to be happening in five years time. Just leave so little room for error or for um, divergence. For for the unknown. The unknown, yeah. Yeah, and I think the unknown is where the magic is, you know, and when we get too particular about what we're trying to bring into our life, I don't think it's beneficial. No. Yeah, I agree. And it's like, you know, you, you might, there's nothing, okay, once again, uh, to say the phrase, there's nothing wrong again, um, there's nothing wrong with writing down a list of things you would like to happen in your life in five years' time. Mm. That's not also what I'm talking about, but it's, it's that, like, first I'm going to do this, then I'm going to do this, then I'm going to do this, then I'm going to do this, and it's going to happen in this order and exactly at these timings yeah. and everything. It's like, I think that's just... Married uh, by then, children yeah. by then, that mm. kind of shit. I think, yeah. I used to do it because, again, I, me and my sister used to do it. We used to do the, um, at the end of each year... Uh, when we'd spend Christmas together, we used to do, okay, what have we achieved this year? What do we want in one year? What do we want in five years? What do we want in 10 years? And I, like, we used to love doing it together because we, you know, we're little dreamers, little ambitious cheek. Well, I used to always think that was, I think that's great. What, I, I always, I think that's different to me. Mm. You know, that was, that was like a reflection on where your life's been this year and a realignment of making sure you're going in the direction you want to go. Yeah. Which is, I think, diff- a different thing. Slightly, it's diff- it's nuanced, but it's slightly different. Yeah. Okay, cool. Next one. Um, uh, in ninety percent of cases, turning up is good enough. <laughs> this is, this was mine. Yeah. Because um, I'm feeling very unmotivated at the gym at the moment. P- probably just I have for like a year and a bit. Pandemic didn't do great stuff for me and my fitness. Mm. And when I go to the gym, I, I just I really believe just that just kind of turning up and just like moving my body is perfectly good enough. Yeah. And we just go to a gym with a lot of type A's who we love. In case anyone's listening. I love our gym so much. I love nah, our community. Him. But Jokey. holy shit, they push themselves so hard. Mm. I'm like, just chill. Like, And I just came, turned up today and moved my body. I, I guess I sweated. <laughs> um, And I'm really proud of myself. Yeah, I'm proud of you too. Thanks. I agree. Yeah, I think. I mean, just thinking about so many things, you know, just sitting down at the chair and riding for 10 minutes is good enough. Mm. Just... um. You know, I'm going. To, it's so hard to think of examples off the top of my head. Um, you know, just sitting down with the intention to read and not getting distracted by your phone is good enough. Yeah, just showing up. Mm. Cool. Next. Yeah. Um, uh, we spend too much money on food, and that's okay. And it's more about money, money down. Yeah. yeah, it's like 
don't judge other people for how they're choosing to spend their money because chances are they just value something more than you do and you've probably got something they think is weird that they spend money that you spend money on yeah yeah we're very quick to judge oh i you know i used to have a friend who would spend so much money on designer items and because that's just not me at all it really shocked me but then it you know, and I probably at some, in some cases judged, and it's just so unreasonable. Like if you look at the way we spend money on food, we we do the exact same thing. Like we yeah. all have our different money dials, and we need to respect that everyone's allowed to spend the money in the way that they desire to. And it's just like back off, let yeah. let people let people indulge in the way they wish to indulge. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's not that controversial, is it? No, is no. it? Maybe it is. Maybe it is. I think you know we're so quick to judge people for their money decisions. Maybe mm. that's and that's the thing is maybe it's not controversial to say don't judge people, but I think it's in the way it's controversial is that it's maybe something that people don't think about mm. is the fact that they are overly judgmental about other people's money habits. I just thought of a new one. Yeah, we spend like all our time together. And I don't think it's a bad thing. No, I agree. They would say, you know, you should make sure you sp- find space from each other. You know, should, maybe that's maybe that's true for some people. Some people, but I feel like in our relationship, it's fine. We just function very well, spending most of our time together. Obviously, like we are both introverted, and like we'll sit in, by ourselves in in the same house. Um, yeah, we're not chatting, chatting, chatting the whole time. No, but we, we spend. We go to the gym together. We just do everything together. I mean, and we don't care if the other person does go out. Yeah, yeah. Unless it's to Dungeons and Dragons and I'm going to be I home do care. late. And then Amy just mo- more is concerned that I'm going to be home late and wake her up. Which is fair enough. Because you missed a stompy. I am too loud. That's true. Um, yeah, so that's my that's my next Yeah, one. I do think... You want more... It, the, <laughs> you're about to tell me you want more time alone. No, no, no. I, I think that the key is that we're allowed to spend time alone whenever we want. Yeah, yeah. And if you want space, you're allowed to have as much space as you want. And we're never going to deny the other person as much space as they want. Yeah, no, of course not. And it just happens to be that we really like spending time with each other. Yeah. Because we're so cute. So cute. Oh, yeah, so cute. What's the next one? Either, uh, cartoons and video games aren't bad for you or a waste of time. Go, go for your life, James. Okay. All right. <laughs> I mean, I think especially video games for me is people just think, oh, you know, such and such is spending way too much time gaming or, you know, people think their children spend too much time playing video games. And sure, there are some, too much of anything is a bad thing, but... I really do feel like video games are so interactive. They're so creative. Like you are actively involved in this story. You're actively creating this story, especially kind of, I mean, I don't want to judge people who play massive multiplayer games. I don't really have much familiarity with them, so I don't know about them. But single player games, which I like, I always, I never go come away from playing a game and feel like I've wasted my time. I frequently come away from social media feeling like I've wasted my time. But video games, I'm always like, wow, that was a really great use of my time. Because I'm usually problem solving. I'm usually actively thinking about something. I'm usually uh, developing a skill of some kind, mm. which is just a great way to consume media. It's mm. at, it's the most active way to consume media. The only thing I feel better doing media-wise is reading a book. Yeah. And I think that's just because it's so peaceful and so relaxing. Yeah. Interesting. All right, baby, you sold it. Yeah, there you go. Okay. NFTs are not a scam. I mean, I think... Some are NFTs. Oh, I think are. like 99% of them are. But I don't think as a concept, they are inherently a scam. I think it's like many of the use cases we've had so far for NFTs suck and we'll laugh at them justifiably and in the future we'll see them as really dumb. 
Um, but I think that in five years time, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't think this is certain, but I wouldn't be surprised if we, if there are some really cool, interesting, good use cases for NFTs proliferating mm. in four or five years time, once we've solved the shit part mm. or even 10 years time, maybe, but I don't think inherently there's anything scammy about them. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. There's nothing inherently trying to scam you. No, there are, there are ways you can inherently use them to be shitty and scammy. But there's ways you can use everything to be shitty. Yes, and exactly. And I think that because of the newness of it, people took advantage, advantage of that. Yeah. Uh, and that's obviously reprehensible and bad and immoral. But I don't think that that um, it's. Well, I don't think we should judge the technology. Yeah. Based on this initial shitty period. Yeah. Great. Okay. You can talk about projects before you've finished them. Mm-hmm. So um, just before we jumped on, I saw that Ryan Holiday had said, or Holiday, sorry, had said um, that that was one of his top rules. Don't talk about projects until you finish them. And I've heard this a few times before, and I just disagree. You've got to be careful with who you talk to, and you've got to make sure that there's, you know, a relationship there of trust, because talking about unfinished projects is really vulnerable. But, like, I just don't see why not. Especially if you want to. I, I think, and we were talking about this in the car this morning, when we say we wish that our friends would ask us about our work, I don't necessarily want someone to ask me specifics about my book. I don't want people to say, how is your book going? I want people just to be interested and engaged in the fact that the way we choose to spend our time is legitimate. Mm. Yeah. I mean, sorry, this is sort of hijacking the question a little bit and isn't super related, but I guess the point is that um, it's up to you when you choose to share your work and wherever you, whenever you want to share your work i don't think there's anything bad about that mm. but it's just someone else should be careful about asking you yeah about a project that isn't finished but if you want to share about your project that isn't finished that's fine yes yeah yeah maybe we need to be more gentle with asking artists about projects they're not done with but if they allow it and they choose to then i don't think that's necessarily a bad thing at all mm. yeah like patrick rothfuss Poor guy. Like, he gets a freaking harassed every... Every day of his Every life. day by hundreds of people. Yeah. About that unfinished book. Uh, yeah. And uh, it's interesting. Poor Pat. Poor Pat. Um, so, because obviously sharing your journey is a huge part of what you do. That's true. And I just have always enjoyed being witnessed within the journey. Um, and I found it very helpful. Because I think for a lot of us, like, it's all very well for Ryan Halliday... Fuck, I can never say his name right, whatever. It's because of what? your year 12 English teacher, right? Was Ever. Mrs. Halliday. Yeah. That's that what it gets. And maybe. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, he knows that he's going to get to connect with his art at the end of it because he's got, you know, great book deals and he's famous. But for a lot of us at the beginning of our journeys, you know, we don't have that guarantee and it can feel very lonely. So being able to feel the tangibility, if that's mm. the word, of our projects as we create them can be really important. Otherwise, it can feel like you're kind of doing nothing that's or you're creating in a vacuum. That's certainly how I felt for a very long time. And so being witness in the process and being able to articulate process and be able to share about projects that aren't finished yet um, was very important to me to feel like I was actually doing something. Did he give a reason why you're not nah, supposed to share? No, he just like full on slapped it out. This is the problem when people get that level is they become this guru status is they just make pronouncements. And they never have to argue anything from first principles anymore. Mm. And you're like, just tell like, don't just say authoritative man thing. Mm. Prove it to me. And maybe he's thinking it about in terms of like protecting it or, you know, being ambiguous or like, I don't know, dudes, I like him, but oh, he's got yeah, issues. Definitely like him, but 
I think there's just sometimes he can go on that. Like, what's that story of him? Someone sending him a really heartfelt text, and he just sent back NP. Yeah, NP, no, no problem. problem. <laughs> yeah, bit of a douche, but, <laughs> but I wish to be friends with him. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, and the last one here is starting a business is less risky than working for someone else. Yeah, I mean, I think this is genuinely controversial, and I don't know if I hundred percent believe myself here, but I think that um, obviously depending on your situation in life. I just want to make that very clear. Um, if you're young, you have if you have um, no dependents. If you, sorry, yeah, if you have no dependents, sorry, that was a little side joke between me and Amy, um, which she may or may not want to elaborate on it later. Um, obviously, given the right circumstances, I think that choosing to put your hands in someone else's business is at least as risky, if not more risky, than uh, forging your own path and trying mm-hmm. to establish something like this is. Developing your own business and investing in yourself is the greatest investment you can make. Mm. It's like a super ed- supercharged education mm. and skill that you can develop skills that are extremely, um, that are always going to be worthwhile. Mm. And if it pays off, it's going to pay off huge. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Like you really look at like, you know, some of the jobs that are out there now, you know, you can like fucking work your ass off for like 40K a year, you know, like it's nothing, it's hardly livable, you mm. know, or you can... I mean, if you're able to invest in yourself mm. and have that potential growth be so big. Or, you know, or your promotion, it's like you're just waiting to hit, you know, if you work for a big consultancy firm, you're just waiting till you hit, you know, what they say is the amount of time you have to be here for to hit the next marker, but you also have to hit all these KPIs. It's like some, you're just in someone else's hands rather than when you make money as a business, you know, that's the only marker of success or not essentially mm. i mean of, of course you can oh, sorry that that is not correct because there's obviously the development side and there's the the ideation side and like it's all just about making the money because you could be being very successful by building yourself up from a base where you're not gonna be you're not making any money at all for a few years for example and that could still be extremely successful but the marker for what you deserve to be paid ends up being how good is your business versus mm. if you're working for someone else it's like you're you're at the whim of some other person mm. I mean, this is a classic Amy and James. Like, of course we think this. Yeah, I know. I mean, obviously plenty of people thrive in corporate or... It's just not. I cannot. I could not. I could not ever go back for working for someone else. And if you enjoy working for someone else, then all power to you. That's totally fine. I'm not saying there's anything inherently wrong with that, but... But I just don't understand. I just feel like, you know, we can't... We wouldn't be able to get a loan. No, we wouldn't. Even if... Compared to someone who made exactly the same amount of money as us because a bank would see us as a risky. And that's just bullshit to me. Mm. So it's like, what if someone loses their job? Mm-hmm. Like, why is that more likely to happen than our business failing? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Dumb. Dumb, dumb, dumb. Super dumb. All right, we're going to finish it off on the one that James told me I wasn't allowed to say, but then he just basically said it. Okay. So we I said... have a couple minutes. Just okay, well, know. I'm going to say it really quickly then. I said that those of us who do not have dependents, who do not have children, should be taking more risks now, especially if you're planning to have children in the future. It sounds a lot more reasonable when you say it like that. I, if we don't have dependents, now is the time. And, I, and I'm just, I don't know if it is controversial, but I'm just, I would seriously encourage those of you, especially if you are planning to have kids on the, in the future or dependents in the future, like now's the time to take the risks because 
we're just so much more free. Like even mm. <laughs> losing our beautiful dog, like we f- I feel more free, you know, like when yeah. we don't have things relying on us, um, where like, we can just feel so much more free to take risks. And I don't even think that was that controversial. James, don't no, know why right. you were silencing I just, me. I, well, my fear is that people who do have children are going to uh, think like, oh, I can't. You can't they oh, can't no, that's it. not what we're saying. I'm saying at all, like at all. I just also want to acknowledge that it can, brings a lot of more difficulties and, mm. um, and those with children will know that. Um, but it doesn't mean that you can't thrive and be extremely successful creative. I'm just saying that those of us without have an opportunity. Yes, yeah, it is a great opportunity. Okay. 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 Um, reminder that our European tour is coming up if you live in Europe. Um, There's a few spots left. A few, maybe six spots left. Um, and what else? Check us out do on you YouTube. Want, do you want to launch the Sydney ones here now? Oh, yeah, we're going to do some... We're about to open up for five sessions over the next five weeks for people in Australia. They can come and see us in Sydney. I got a lot of Aussies who were like, hey, hey. Yeah. I want to be, I want us to come see you. So there will be five spots for Sydney. Look out for that. And yeah. obviously we're going to America at some point as well. So. Yeah, don't worry. We come over to America next year, I promise. Don't be salty. Don't be salty. All right, well. Okay, ciao, love you. Thanks, everyone. Okay, bye.